I think everything's going. All right. Suck my balls. Suck my balls. Suck my balls. Suck my balls. What are we doing here? <laughs> suck my balls. Just <laughs> <laughs> leave all of this in. Great, great. We're starting starting out starting out strong with a come town bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which of us are which come town hosts? I mean, I feel um, like oh, I feel no. <laughs> I feel like I'm Nick because I am also insanely transphobic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm the fat one. Yeah. Well, so, congratulations. So that, that makes me uh that makes me cool Adam. Yeah, that makes you Adam Friedland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um start I'm starting to open strong. The slides, huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, this is your show. This is the Liam this, bonus episode. This is, this is the Liam bonus uh, episode. Y- y- yes. You know who we are. We're not doing intros. Yes. Uh, so Gosh. Yeah, everyone just give me a second to open the slides, because I thought I had them, but I didn't. Controversy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's your boys, Adam, Stav, and Nick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never actually listened to an episode of Comtown, uh, like, start to finish. I've heard bits here and there, and I've just been like, yeah, that's funny, but I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna. I, I, I like Comtown a lot, actually. Um... <laughs> That's because of your like various, uh, your various bigotries. Yes, uh, <laughs> I need I need an outlet for them. Otherwise, otherwise I would um, I need to vicariously live through them so yeah. I don't express my bigotries personally. It's it, it's a safe space. <laughs> uh, you, you you need to like due, due to your Polish genes, you need to yes. like offload some of the racism. And the ways of doing that are either listening to a podcast or joining the Chicago Police Department. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Baltimore. Right. Also Baltimore. Uh, yes. Yeah, Baltimore uh, works. Uh, Philly works, depending. Oh, you have polls too? Uh, you have Polish cops too? All, all our polls are up in Port Richmond. I thought you guys were all Italians and Irish. Oh, we got some polls. Sort of. Not a huge Polish presence in the police department no, no, that no, I am no, aware no. of. We need to get those numbers up, I think. Uh, Justin, we, we're going to need you to join Philly PD. Uh, Sorry, I don't buddy. really, I, I don't, I don't really <laughs> want to do that. I don't think I'm qualified. I don't think I'm qualified to uh, join Philly PD. I, I don't have the, uh, I don't have the necessary reservoir of rage. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just think, just think about like urbanism all the time. Think about housing policy. Oh my right, god! Yes, I'm ready. Let's when, do when, this. When you see a cop who's just like snarling like a dog, he's thinking it's because he's thinking about housing policy and yes. arguing about housing policy on Twitter, and he's just thinking, fucking bark, bark, bark. Very strong opinions on uh, a parking policy, no, uh, namely that they should be allowed to park on sidewalks with impunity. Yes, um, with the, yeah, no, yeah, uh, and just be able to block my gate. They want to do that too. Yes, I feel like if they if, they, if I, the cops block your gate, you should be able to just get in the cop car. Like that's I, that's I still your gate. Wholeheartedly, just like, just like get in, climb over, get out the Williams other side the again. Front seat this time. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's do this. Let's do this episode. What, 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 what are we? What are we here for? What, what are we here for? for? Yes. Alice, we are here to discuss 
uh, a topic near and dear to my heart. Uh, country music, especially country music and nationalism post 9-11, and why does so much country suck ass today? Hell yes. Uh, so, uh, you know who we are. We're not doing the intro. Uh, next slide, please. Alice, you wrote this. It's yeah. the man. It's the man. It's, it's the man. Uh, for uh, like the capital T, capital M, the man. Uh, so what what I have for this is uh, put put it this way. Let me let me set our stall out here. Uh, country music in America is a story of exploitation, and it's the story of a big fat white guy in a big fat white suit who likes the simple ethnic folk ways of the people he exploits and wishes to a make money from them and b use them to like bolster his own identity and appear authentic. Uh, the principal, but absolutely not equal, objects of this exploitation are poor Scottish and Irish people he exploits, who bring their like fiddling real bullshit, and the black people that he literally owns, uh, who are the heirs to thousands of years of musical tradition. These two groups conmingle in various musicological ways. One of them is the blues, consequently jazz, consequently rock and roll. The other is a reactionary movement against those things, and that's called country music. Next slide. Nice. So this is this is a photo from the Battle of Blair Mountain. Uh, one of the first times that the U.S. bombed somebody, and it was uh, striking miners. And we got to talk about like what what country is, what country music is, right? Um, because we, as as much as I've started that first slide quite aggressively, right? I don't want to say that country music is inherently reactionary. Country music. Right. Like as as an industry is inherently reactionary. Um, the guy in the white suit, right, is reactionary. Sure. The like the stuff that goes into the like into the music, like whether it's about like you know struggle, suffering, texture of lives, whatever. That's real, but like standing in between that and you hearing it is like a music promoter who decides what gets adopted and what gets played. Uh, and what gets played is going to be like you, you know what's what's sort of favorable to the interests of capital. Uh, I have two examples of this. Example one: communism. Um, right. We're big fans of this. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. Two of us are big fans of this. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's right. Uh, Liam is actually announcing his um, membership in the uh, Republican Party today. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, this so, is, this so is the worst part <laughs> yeah. So way, way back in the uh, the like late nineteenth, early twentieth century, uh, there was a strong socialist labor movement in the United States of America. Eugene Debs was, you know, running for president. You had the IWW and various menaces to society, all of whom used music very effectively to propagandize. Um, you can you can get like IWW songbooks still. Um, and for the most part, they're like, it's a good way of radicalizing people who already know the tunes from church and can't read. Um, and the, the music tends to be sort of very, very direct, like Solidarity Forever, or like, dump the bosses off your back, right? It's yes. uh, like, there's a, there's a thing, Utah Phillips, who is a great sort of proponent and uh, preserver of this kind of music, had had a, had a story about how like, in the 60s, anti-war music became a lot more sort of intellectual, and the way he characterized it was, you know, how many roads must a white dove fly down before he can return to whatever. 
is like intellectual music for intellectual people who have the money to buy it. Uh, which is very, very different from like, we have fed you all for a thousand years, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and I mean, you could you, you get killed for singing stuff like this back in the day. Um, and you could also get killed for striking because those two things were very closely linked. Um, and it's like, there's not like, it's a useful contrast, right? To have uh, country music like, even as late as like, this land is your land, right? Um, that that differs from God bless the USA, right? right the nationalism right. is like sort of in reaction to those in part. Yeah. Yes. I, I just you know I wanted to emphasize sort of how we went from a hundred years to dump the bosses off your back to like I love my country by Florida Georgia Line, which is. A certified Liam banger. However, <laughs> uh, I yeah, I was talking. I you know, I was talking to Crit about this about how like you know, in the Battle of Blair Mountain, famously bombs were dropped on striking miners. Striking miners were shot and killed, and you know, you can see that sort of in this weird. You know, how did we get from here? Like NASCAR uh, descending from bootleggers to this like. Hmm. patriotism industrial complex essentially so that's really what i wanted to talk about in this episode we'll talk about the history of country i just wanted to outline it a little better uh absolutely it's like it's like you have that sort of like that basic grit and that authenticity yeah. and hmm. alice i wanted to personally thank you for these slides oh no no worries no worries it's that's what country music lives and dies on is this idea that like um that, that you're singing essentially American folk songs. And, you know, I think it's mm. sort of hard to square that circle when you're talking about musicians like Luke Bryan or like, uh, who's the one I really hate? Jason Aldean. Toby Keith. Uh, oh, I fucking <laughs> hate Toby Keith, man. Like, I, I, I did always want to go to Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill. Uh, but mm. they closed the one at, uh, at Foxborough. So now I can't. And uh, country musicians love to open bar and grills that then like fail after a year. Yeah, I, I, they're all like, they're all, they're, they're all like way too upscale for what they're pretending to be. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. who successfully opens a bar and grill is football players. Football and players Jimmy can Buffett. like jump savings and Jimmy into Buffett. Yeah, and Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I, I want to go. My holy grail. I've told Roz this. I've told everyone this. My holy grail is a Margaritaville in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> that's your mecca that's my mecca it's the margaritaville in cleveland ohio hell yeah you, so you know, we could just go to cleveland right yeah we could <laughs> it's not that far you, you gotta get yeah. like uh you gotta get a visa from the like ohio authorities we gotta get we gotta get, get uh, yeah we gotta fill out the paperwork for our caravan of weary travelers <laughs> wearing my like seamless ihram to go to the fucking margaritaville <laughs> Yeah, so like, I, well, I feel like, like the, 30 vans yeah. deep, be like, ah, we have traveled for a thousand years for the drunk parents. It's an actual caravan of camels. I'm, I'm going to be yes. incredibly annoying here. I feel like country music is a dialectic. And I feel like country music is it. a dialectic between uh, music industry guy in white suit that we saw earlier 
and striking minor in that it has to contain that much seeming authenticity in order to be like hard bitten and gritty and shit like that and still preserved like folk ways and shit and on the other hand it has to be reactionary enough to be palatable to capital as how these things are in tension and the synthesis that emerges from them that this episode is going to be about uh, and I have another example of that on the next slide. Whoosh. Whoosh. My second example, Okies. Uh, my second example of how uh, these, these things are intention and how like reaction and sort of, uh, you know, pervades country music. So the Dust Bowl, right, early sort of miniature form of climate change, displaced a lot of Oklahomans into even more abject poverty, and they became what we would now call like refugees, internally displaced persons. Um, sort of a sort of a famine, even, but we don't call it that because you know right. famines don't happen no, in the, capitalist the, the, countries. The, the, they're like <laughs> they're like Okidemore. Um, yeah, and and like yes. the, these people were like utterly failed and brutalized by capital. A lot of them went to California, um, and they you know they brought their music with them. Uh, John Steinbeck wrote a lot about Okies in California, most notably The Grapes of Wrath. And if you read The Grapes of Wrath in school, I mean, you probably did. Do you read The Grapes of Wrath in school? They had us read The Pearl instead. Ah. I, I read The Grapes of Wrath. Although I think it was <laughs> optional. Mm. Because my, my school district was very uh, critique of capital bad, and I got in a lot of trouble in 12th grade for making critiques of capital as my, like, Primary uh, research paper. Mm. Well, I because I read the Grapes of Wrath in school in British schools. We had an American literature thing. Um, oh, so you went to school? <laughs> yeah, once. Um, this is uh, this is what happens. This is what happens when you let these Americans do whatever they want. You know, we <laughs> had to keep the colonies in line. Yeah, otherwise, you're welcome for the Ledley's Act, gonna, I guess. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna wrath their grapes. Yeah. So, like, if you if you read the Grapes of Wrath in school and you're sort of wondering how a critique of capital like that got into the educational system and, and until it was like purged as it was from Liam's school. Uh, it, the, the reductive answer, which is also the correct answer, is because it happened to white people, right? Like, um, so too with their music. If we kind of like force these people into the mold of like heartland pioneers who aren't fleeing famine so much as like, you know, resettling to keep the West white, uh, which is a serious concern. Like Oregon was launched as a whites-only project explicitly. Yes, um, so white they didn't even want slaves there. That's right. If you do, if you do that and you try and like keep the West as this like bastion of whiteness, then it kind of like it, it creates this genre in itself, right? And by the fifties, this became something called the Bakersfield Sound, right? Which is notably in contrast to and in reaction to something like, for instance. Los Angeles jazz, which was another thing that has now been like obliterated from memory totally. Um, and it, it also like made Central California much more conservative, like to this day, uh, because all of these all of these guys from Oklahoma, uh, they they were very into uh, well, apart from other things, evangelical Christianity and uh, you know guitars. So we got the Inland Empire out of it. Um, we sort of destroyed jazz in Los Angeles out of it, but we did get Mo Haggard, so it's impossible to say if it was bad or not. Now, now is this is this instrumental in turning evangelical Christianity into a reactionary movement? You know, I wouldn't say so. I think it's kind no, of a sideshow. I, I think would the, say no. 
it, it's it's mostly a southern phenomenon, and like it's yeah. a, it's a new south phenomenon. Yeah, but like yeah. this is definitely it's a part of it, but it's not the main action. Yeah, I, I would say Roz, that evangelical Christianity as a reactionary movement. I think me personally, you could really trace it to Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So around yeah seventy two, because that's when the Southern Baptist Convention decides all at once that they give a shit about abortion. Also, also the flight from like white citizens councils, right? Right. Um, and so you, you you get this movement away from like explicitly uh, sort of like uh, segregationist stuff into into religion, whether that's like religious schools uh, or like like you join the church instead of like a white citizens council. Yeah, I've always figured that uh, one of the reasons we see such vicious anti-trans activism now is mm. a result of gay marriage sort of winning, and those people yeah. have to put their energy somewhere, and this is the meltdown of the week, essentially. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, reaction like this, it, it comes in waves. And that's also partly what this episode is about, is that this stuff, like, you, you have periods where you have sort of, you know, some kinds of laxity, and then other kinds where uh, it, it kind of, like, then it comes sort of rolling back in like a tide. Um, right. And we'll so, see that with the Vietnam War, and then uh, a special mystery guest event. Uh, but you can't <laughs> guess what that special mystery guest event is, folks. Mm. So we we talked about um, country music as this kind of like reaction to to blues, to jazz, to rock and roll, right? Mm -hmm. um, I got a next slide for this one because the the problem the, uh. oh, this guy, this guy, this is goddamn Hitler Youth ass Pat motherfucking Boone. Oh, I hate Pat Boone. <laughs> I hate his ass so fucking much, dude. Pat Boone sounds like the Sixth Reich. Um, and, like, I want to talk about the politics of country music as a, as a, like, a genre, as an industry, versus rock and roll. Um, and the bro my broad answer here is that they both owe their existence to black people, but there are different sort of nuances of that racism at work here. Um, there's this form of sort of like racial segregation where black musicians can make blues or can make jazz, uh, but for like for white consumption, the music industry is looking for a white guy who can sing like a black guy, um, which they eventually found in the form of Elvis. But like right. even so, you remember like moral panics and hysteria about Elvis because like he's too seductive. He like moves his hips around. Uh, he's Terrifying. like. Yeah, he's he's like communist, or uh, you know, he's he's anti-American, and basically, what all of these amount to is like he is behaving in a way that we see as being too black, right? Right. Uh, and if sure. if you believed that about Elvis, you listen to Pat Boone, <laughs> and Pat Boone made his career sucking the fucking life out of every song he ever covered. Um, he made like sort of like whites only rock and roll. So, like, any time there was, like, a good song, a popular song, a successful song, Pat Boone would cover that song, and then you would get sort of, like, an easy listening version of it that was, like, sort of sanitized, and that Sounds was his deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, everybody hated Pat Boone. <laughs> everybody hates Pat Boone. Pat Boone made terrible music. Um, and so, like... 
there's sort of these these two schools of thought diverged. Uh, either, like, if if you are if you are a white music industry executive, which is at this point the only kind, and you are trying to preserve white supremacy in music, uh, you can either try and like stay in rock and roll and like control it and bend it to your whim, like Elvis, or you like retreat to country music instead, and you like go back, and you you have this sort of reactionary thing where you like you go back and appropriate the sort of the um the the tra- more traditional music of I don't know, so like the IWW or whatever. You strip all of the communism out of it, um, and you, you just okay, you make that your like sort of defensible bastion of whiteness, um. And both of these things happened at the same time. They were both very successful because racism has never been like a difficult sell, right? It's very, very easy to be racist. And so, you know, both of these kind of worked. Uh, next slide, please. Oh, this was uh, th- this was one I-, I put in before Alice put in all the all the actual knowing stuff. I don't, I, don't <laughs> I, don't, know I don't know shit about anything, but this is this. I I, I can I can I can tie this in. You, you say like, you don't know shit about anything, but I'm just like yeah. looking at how densely packed your slides are, and for me, it's just like <laughs> mostly from memory and opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so like. Uh, like we say, this sort of reaction comes in waves, right? And we have a, fir- a first wave of sort of like, uh, essentially like white supremacy explicitly, right? After that kind of like carves out country as a separate genre, you do get a certain amount of like freedom, right? Like, uh, you get sort of more freedom uh, as as songwriters, and so songwriters can like pursue some things that are like actively inimical to that, like uh, Woody Guthrie. Like or, Woody Guthrie, yeah. See, seen here on the left, uh, with yes. his machine that kills fascists. Right there. Um, actually, it's, uh, I think it's funnier to put that sticker on a gun, but like, go off. Um, well, I, he had to do it first with the guitar, so that we could then make the joke with the gun later. That's true. That's true. I, yeah. I did once see, I did once see an SKS with a sticker on it saying, uh, "This machine makes folk music," which I really appreciate. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, talk, talk to me about about Johnny Cash. Talk to me about Woody Guthrie. Talk to me about like Hank Williams. Uh, who are these guys? What what's their deal? Well, um, okay, uh, uh, Johnny Cash was a musician. Um, yeah. Do you yeah, want me to interact here? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some of the, the first couple stars of, uh, of country music. So that's Hank Williams. Uh, I want to talk about uh, sort of in contrast to, uh, you know, the control. Because as we know, record labels are the fucking worst. And a lot of mm, these guys, yeah. while still under the control of record labels, become songwriters in their own right, and that helps to sort of a popularize the genre. B, it gets back to the idea of you know authenticity in country music. You know, you can listen to Johnny Cash talk about you know like he's the man in black, and you can talk about injustices, even though like you know there's this there's this very powerful record lobby that especially back then is controlling everything these guys do. Johnny Cash still manages to get out Folsom prison blues. 
He still manages to get out the ballot of Ira Hayes. Ira Hayes was a Japanese-American who was one of the four Marines uh, to raise a flag on Iwo Jima. And there's this, like his diary, I think, or maybe an autobiography about him, about his feelings of loneliness. And Johnny Cash wrote this you know, very beautiful song about him. And you can see, like, there's an example when Johnny Cash goes to, uh, you know, as as sort of a symbol of Americana versus like what these guys are actually trying to say. He visits Nixon in the White House, and he play, and Nixon wants him to play some, I think, God bless the USA or some patriotic crap. And Johnny Cash plays Folsom Prison Blues and the Ballad of Ira Hayes in protest. So, like, <laughs> country music has at its core always been folk music but it's been co-opted by white nationalists and it's been co-opted by these guys that want to strip it of its identity and turn it into like safe digestible you know sort of not scary black music basically also like by contrast elvis went to the white house and when he went to the white house he got nixon to like make him a special dea agent because he wanted to be a cop so badly yeah uh (laughs) and so that that's your like that's your rebellious unacceptable genre and then your sort of simple down home country genre is uh you know much less much less palatable to richard nixon and and I, I wanted to throw in there there was a, a aspect to um you know country music starting out where it wasn't you know it wasn't just um you know w- one of the first things they started to do was sort of export musicians out of Appalachia right mm. but they had to go up to New York City to record but it wasn't until like the 1920s when the first like country like they call it the hillbilly sound the first music was recorded actually in Appalachia in in Bristol, yeah. uh, Tennessee, and Bristol, Virginia, because they're the same town. Um, <laughs> Bristol, Bristol, Bristol. Yeah, yep. I mean, we could talk about that about how <laughs> yep, that yeah. the- uh, country music for as long as it's existed, at least. And I talk about Nashville as as kingmaker sort of throughout this, and obviously we can hmm. sub in New York for Nashville here, but has always existed as a way to strip. Uh, what you'd call hillbillies or rednecks of their identities and sort of force it through a n- nice smiley consumption machine. Uh, you know, that's, that's still music, true. Uh, produced in cities. <laughs> yeah. Like Nashville, dude, yeah, but it's well, fine, because about, we're, like, we're like, hmm. I'll, I'll talk we're, about we're like, it later. We'll, we'll, we'll adopt. Oh, God damn yeah. it! We're, okay, we're, that's fine because we'll just like centralize those recordings in in cities which are closer to the places where the music happens, like mm-hmm. you know Nashville or Memphis, uh, and then we'll create local elites in those cities who decide everything, and everything's going to be fine. Yes, yes, and we can talk about how country music, at least in terms of Nashville, makes fun of and embarrasses the very people it's supposed to represent, like. Country radio is like Luke Bryan doesn't fucking live like you. Yes, no, I I I, I agree with your broader point of like, uh, uh, people are piss pigs and they love being owned and they love being made fun of. They love it when Trump did it. Uh, they loved voting for Trump even though he hated them. Right. Yeah, you, you you love to listen to music about how you're a dumb piece of shit and yeah. And all you're good for is waving a flag and dying for country and empire. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, next slide. Have some goddamn self-respect. 
unfortunately, uh, it's time for a We're second yet. big wave of reaction, because is that you, John Wayne? It's <laughs> Vietnam. It's the Vietnam War. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't want to like spoil it for anybody who's watching at home and like hasn't gotten to the end of the Ken Burns series yet, but the US does lose the Vietnam War. No, we um, just didn't win it. <laughs> <laughs> and like this, this, this sets off a kind of like cultural psychosis amongst the American right. You should read the book Nixonland. It's very good about this. Uh, oh, stuff like the Hard book. Hat Riot. Plus yeah. Yeah, but like basically, everybody on the right becomes insane on the basis that the goddamn communists and hippies are losing the war for us. They're making people think that it's bad to die in Vietnam instead of good. Um, and worst of all, are the musicians who keep like writing songs about how war is, you know, not good for ha, huh, and smoking dope is cool. Uh, and all of our draftees don't want to fight anymore. Um, what if, what if we like leaned on our most easily lean-onable genre of music and tried to create something that made people want to fight in Vietnam? Uh, and that's Ballad of the Green Beret. My dad's least favorite song ever written. Dad, this one is just for you. <laughs> it was accompanying a John Wayne movie where, like, a ninety-seven-year-old ass man is a is like a a green beret colonel. Uh, I I don't even remember what the I, like. I've seen this movie even, and like, it's mostly just like sucking off green berets, special forces. Like, oh, they speak like five languages and shit. Uh, but also one of them is John Wayne. But the, like, the soundtrack to this was. A country song. It was a, a a ballad written for American special forces. Um, this this does not work. Is the thing everybody hates it again? Um, <laughs> uh, in some ways, this makes reaction more powerful because, like, you know, you've already got between between the Civil War and and like you already got a lost cause in the thing so you can just add another one on top of there yes. like we we would have we would have won in vietnam had it not been for the goddamn hippies right um fighting soldiers from the sky fearless yeah. men who jump and die men who mean just what they say the brave men of the green beret silver wings upon their chest these are men america's best 100 men will test today, but only three win the Green Beret. Trained to live off nature's land, trained in combat hand-to-hand. -hand. Men who fight by day and by night and day, courage take from the Green Beret. That's only half of it. That's, that's uh, like, uh, I've had enough. triumph of the will shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do kind of want to talk about how you, you did get, like, anti-war sentiment even in country music. Oh yeah, like I don't want to write off country music as being this thing that was like four square behind the wall because it wasn't. Um, and, no, and, outlaw country specifically pops up at least in reaction to the war. Mm -hmm. yeah, I want to. I want to talk about Chris Christopherson, uh, a guy who once said that Toby Keith was doing to country music what pantyhose did to finger fucking. Uh, was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that's what. That's what he said. Uh, <laughs> he was. He was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. He got home and and, and he became a singer. Um, 
and uh, yeah, his 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 views of like the war and of like American imperialism and like intervention. Uh, I think it's safe to say not positive, but unfortunately, even though even though the bad guys did lose the Vietnam War, yes, um, it was it was it was only a small part of a broader war, and that war was called the Cold War. Yes. Which means we have to talk about God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. Right. Great hit. Looking, looking, like so fucking, looking like I a know, fucking right? autopsy photo on the, the cover of yeah, my song. He looks, like, he looks like a corpse that's just been covered in makeup. This is like two weeks after he was embalmed. I was about to say, yeah, this is his, rough. his nose has gotten a little bit uh, green. <laughs> um, <laughs> So this is uh, th- this is the slide I had to put in because I talked to my mom about the subject, and she said, "God bless the USA." Was when everything went in the toilet. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love your mom so, so much. Yeah. <laughs> so so you know, God bless the USA. Um, this was written in in um, uh, Lee Greenwood wrote it as he wanted to do a patriotic song. In response to, of all things, Korean Airlines Flight 007. Yeah, future episode. Uh, when, the, when the Soviet Union accidentally killed a congressman. Yes. <laughs> the Soviet Union uh, shot down this plane that made a navigational error. Uh, a congressman was on, on there. And, um, you know, bad, bad move on the Soviet Union's uh, part. I will say that. Uh Lit. Do, do do not do not shoot down civilian airliners. Now, yeah, in fairness, the United move. States has also made this mistake. So, <laughs> yeah, shout out to the USS Vincennes. <laughs> so, you know, and this is this is a definite turning point. Uh you know, God bless the USA, country music starts getting real explicitly patriotic about real Americans and real America, you know, and then this, this this one this one is um now played regularly as like patriotic music everywhere. I mean, mm. I, they had um the, for whatever reason this made it into the hymnal at the church I went to back in Virginia. Um, <laughs> sure, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They would they would uh, they would do it occasionally if. Uh, Sunday mass happened to fall on July 4th or something like that, or flag day. Um, America's a weird country. America's a very strange country. Yes. <laughs> want to talk about, uh, I don't have a slide dedicated to it, but, mm. uh, in terms of, there's a very famous song called Copperhead road by Steve Earl, who also wrote a song about John Walker Lind, the American captured, the American who fought alongside the Taliban and was captured. Yeah, uh, <laughs> brace Belgians, Waluigi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he talks about basically, you know, they draft the white trash first round here anyway. It's it's a relatively anti-war song. Steve Earle's a relatively anti-war guy, but talks about like uh, basically wanting to simply be left alone and grow his weed and then shoot at the DEA. Uh, I just wanted to mention that song as in, in terms of like, you know, he he's he's one of the more famous like alt country guys, and we'll and we'll talk about how Nashville keeps its sort of tentacles and everything, 
But like, there was a huge backlash. Obviously, you know, we're going to talk about this in nine eleven. And I guess I could talk about John Walker's blues Don't in there. Spoil but... the next slide. Oh, next slide, please. Uh, the third wave of reaction. <laughs> oh boy, what's the secret sauce? Here, here it's nine eleven. Yes, you said you would never forget, and yet we had to remind you on the slide. Um, like, if you're younger than us, I like if 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 you're a, a like a fucking millennial, like if you if you're born heaven forfend after nine eleven, first of all, like you're too young to listen to this. What are you doing? Um, you you're like twenty. 20 years old, what is that? Get out of here. But no, if, if, if you're like, if you're younger than us, and especially if you were born after 9-11, uh, I'm not sure we can ex like adequately explain what it was like at that no, point, in like 2002, it's, it's, 2003. Yeah. But like, if you're either with us or you're with the enemy, W had like an 85% uh, approval rating. There's this, you know, you know uh, did you know that the war, Iraq war? Mini race yeah. War. Do you know the the Iraq war demonstrations? The protests against invading Iraq were the were like the largest by number of people political demonstrations in human history. I went, achieved and it, and, nothing. Yeah, achieved nothing. But also, it didn't. It didn't feel that way at the time. I found that out no. last year. Right? I fucking I protested the Iraq war, and like I could have so been on one of the largest marches that like my my country had ever seen, and still felt. Absolutely alone. Uh, like um, yeah. you felt like a minority of one if you thought this was at all a bad idea. Let alone that like Iraq didn't have anything to do with nine eleven. Like and Afghanistan, that was like even more of a lost cause because like we invaded Afghanistan like the next week. Well, in fairness, Iraq at least borders Saudi Arabia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> almost got him. Yeah, almost got him. We got to talk about the Dixie checks too. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say real quick, like, when I was, so I was born in October of 1991, and, mm -hmm. you know, I went with my parents to anti-war demos and all that. My parents met at a Vietnam demonstration, uh, you know, and I grew up in this relatively small city, York, Pennsylvania, shout out the 717, and, you know, the, the, from teachers to you know people in the community it was like it was very much like either you get on board but as like a relatively liberal kid they snuff they attempted to snuff it out of you and you'd get mm -hmm. this like why can't you just like get on board and you know that's not a unique experience you know, i'm not like pouting or whining about it it's just a matter of like it's impossible to explain if you're you know younger than a certain cutoff like when the patriot act passed when mm. you know airport security went totally fucking nuts and i uh, yep. you know and we'll talk about the dixie chicks but when country music started dropping any pretenses and became mm. super nationalistic yeah, it, and very like it didn't it didn't it didn't used to be like the way it's been all your life, right? Mm -hmm. There was right. there was a noticeable right. and that's a really even hard us, concept even on for the us ground. to explain yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, even to us, and we're idiots, like, just living through it as like, uh, as teenagers, it was like, obvious to us that things were like, changing catastrophically. And like, I remember, I saw this, this, this kid on Twitter, right? Uh, you remember when uh, Britney Spears' like, uh, conservatorship hearing was on? 
right? And uh, yeah. yeah, this 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 kid was like, "Oh, we gotta we gotta cancel Britney Spears. I don't give a shit about her because she like uh, said that the Iraq War was good in two thousand and three, and what she said in two thousand and three was like, "Oh, I think we have to like support the president or whatever." And I'm like, I can't I can't explain to this kid what it was like then, right? The, the, yeah. it, right. because everybody like. The furthest, the furthest left that you got, unless you were really like already an ardent communist, was like I don't know, like Al Franken, right? And he supported yeah. mm-hmm. invading Iraq. <laughs> like Britney Spears, like uh, first of all, like okay, nobody invaded or didn't invade Iraq because Britney Spears told them to. But like when she said, "Oh, well, I think we should support the president," that was like the minimum you could get away with because if you said anything less than that. Uh, you would like be truly cancelled. Like you would, you 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 would lose your career. You would be destroyed, and that's what happened to the Dixie Chicks. Um, we should talk about the conflation of. Well, can I real quick? The conflation of of supporting your country and supporting your president. I want to. I I again, if you weren't there, it's hard to explain how much the right latched onto. You have to support the president. And obviously, mm-hmm. they what they meant by that was support your country, but they said support the president, and that's why W yeah. had like a ninety percent approval rating. The right absolutely also, won messaging hmm. after nine eleven, and we've been in this national psychosis since. Yeah, the left sort of having to like absolutely fail to to navigate the sort of like bad faith thing of like the right pretending that there was no difference between the war and the troops, right? So like yes, you would right. if, if you did not support the war, you did not support the troops. Uh and, and okay, maybe now that we're all Maoists we can say, oh actually we don't support the troops or whatever. But like <laughs> <laughs> No, but back then, like you, yeah, you Joe, can just you. about get away with like <laughs> you can just about get away with a bumper sticker that was like I support the troops being safe and that's why I think we should bring them home, which did not work. Um so the the Dixie Chicks, the Dixie Chicks were like support a sort of, the warrior, like, not the war. I remember that. Yeah, Christ. That message so the Dixie Chicks ass. were this like uh, pop country band, right? Um, and 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 they were sort we of were like huge. nice. We can't I would emphasize them. that they were they yeah. were huge. Oh yeah. Next big thing, they were going to save country, right? And um, uh, they they got on stage in Europe, and Europe was a lot more anti-war than the US was. The UK is a slight exception, but uh, I, I think it was it like, might have been in, in France or Germany. I forget which. Um, I believe it was France. Yeah, which makes it make, makes it even worse. And their yeah. lead singer said, "We we don't support the war, and we're ashamed that George W. Bush is from Texas." Right, which is. Now, in the year of our Lord 2021, sounds a relatively mild criticism. Yes. Um, they th- oh, they got London, death Alice. threats? A London, okay. Yeah. yeah. But they got death threats? They, they got, got death threats, bomb threats, their records they got were rape blown threats? Up. Yep. Yeah, uh, they they lost every every endorsement, every sponsor, every record deal that they had. Uh, and they were absolutely like persona non grata, like anywhere. Yeah, yeah they were blacklisted, and they and have that, a song your, called "Traveling yeah. Soldier," which is like not—it's not, not uh, pro-war, but it's about like a Vietnam soldier, like, and that's like a love story. And it was just like you guys are so unwilling to see any sort of context, and like 
I, you remember like minor league baseball teams would like blow up Dixie Chicks albums and like country radio stations mm-hmm. would refuse to play them, like that sort of thing. And that was very widely supported. Like we can't talk yeah. enough about uh, the national psychosis that has been the United States since 9-11. And it was it, it it was an example to others, right? It was an, it was like done as much for them, but also for every other musician, every everyone else in like a cultural sphere. But that goes double for country music. That if you set a foot out of line in relation to the Iraq War, if you even like, if you comment on politics in a way that is not, I think we should support the president. Uh, that then your career is over. And conversely, uh, like, if you want, if you want to, like, do the sort of flag-humping shit, that will be very, very good for your career, and you can go from being sort of a a, a mediocre sort of country music also-ran to uh, a a very successful one off of the strength of that, for instance, Toby Keith. Ah, is it time for the Toby Keith slide? Yes. Is it time? It is time for the Toby Keith slide. Before we get time to the Toby Keith slide, I want to take a second and talk about Christian nationalism in country mm. and how at this point it's so routine to drop in like a thank God for the troops. Uh, just uh, yep. Chicken Fried by Zach Brown Band is a great example because he's talking about like, you know, I love this. It's a very formulaic, like, I love this about like, about myself and my country and then he's like thank god for our troops overseas like thank god for the ones who died so we don't have to sacrifice and it's just thrown in there and there's another song mm. that came out a couple years ago by a guy named jake owen who i generally sort of like and it's called homemade and there's this line and i've been talking to kurt about this it really alienates me i'm a jewish man you know and regardless of my politics which are of course left wing i like i want to listen to a fucking song and like there's a line in the song, which is that, like, dad was bossed and Christ was king. And I'm like, I'm Jewish. Like, and it's just like, it's so minor. And I understand that it's not really for me in quotes. But, like, you you could have written the whole song without that. But every single fucking, mm. like, there's Cole Swindell songs that are like, you know, we, uh, you know, he he's talking about just, like, cheers to our boys overseas. And it's like, dude, this has nothing to do with the fucking song. Like, it's just. You know, I really wanted to hit to emphasize that about like the sort of creeping nationalism in a lot of country music and how like when you should be aware yeah. that like the media you consume is like when it does shit like that, like look yeah. for other and, media basically. And and again, like our warning from being from being old people, because fuck we're old, yeah. right? Is it did it mm-hmm. this is the thing about like creeping nationalism is that it has crept, right? And the thing is it's important for us to say that it did not used to be like this. No. Even like unless it was a song about the army, like the ballad of the Green Beret, right? If you if you like in the nineties, if you tossed in Oh, and the, the the troops overseas or whatever. People would look at you like you were insane, and with good reason, right? Uh, and and now it's just become totally normalized. Well, the whole country thinks it's at a USO event, like just constantly now. Yeah, yeah, yes. We got to talk about Toby Keith. Going to talk about Toby Keith. Seen here, seen here doing some Christian who, nationalism. Yes, um, with um, someone who may have done nine eleven. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, this is like the court musician to somebody who may have done 9-11. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Toby Keith playing in Saudi Arabia. Um because this was part of like MBS's like um Oh Christ. I I mean Saudi Arabia whole episode in itself, MBS whole episode on himself. I Yes. Uh, this was like sort of the Trump rapprochement, right? And it was like MBS clearly, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, the de facto leader of Saudi Arabia, has clearly said at some point, right, what do Americans like that we can like give them to show them that we're like modernizing and westernizing? He's like, ah, Toby Keith and wrestling. And WWE. Uh, and motorcycles. And WWE. So yeah. th there was a Harley Davidson rally in Riyadh in honor of President Trump's visit. I uh, that I I wouldn't want to ride a motorcycle in Riyadh. I I would want something no, with that, air conditioning. I would be very sweaty. <laughs> also, yeah. very difficult to wear a tub. You got to like. I, I think you have to be wearing pants to ride a motorcycle. Is the thing. And so, like having a long, flowing robe just seems like an invitation to disaster to me. Um, like that, that scene in The Incredibles with the capes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to Toby Keith played Riyadh, um, which is very, very funny for a guy who like made made his his name sort of like uh, being a a booster for in, in invading nine eleven to get revenge. Uh, invading 9-11? Invading yeah, Iraq to get America. revenge yeah, was, for 9-11. It was yeah. basically invading 9-11 uh, because we were just <laughs> invading, we just invaded something. Yeah. Yeah, it um, was just like, and, well, we're gonna, and, we gotta and, invade something, yeah, guys. So, so he, he ended up uh, playing for the guys who, who probably, as like a state actor, have the most responsibility for 9-11. There was um, at least a couple guys in the audience at that concert which, who had done 9-11. <laughs> yeah, who had done a little bit of 9-11 and also loved Toby Keith. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate the Saudis so much, man. I hate Toby Keith so much. Uh, there's, it, it, it's sort of the, the the final hypocrisy, right? Is like, after these guys won and got everything that they wanted, for them to then be like, yeah, and also we didn't mean it. It's just sort of adding insult to injury. Oh, sorry, I was plugging in my laptop. No worries. <laughs> I'm just like crawling around on the ground. Yeah, it sounded like you were fighting for your life. I was trying to like. I was. <laughs> so we're stall for time here. Uh, the uh, I guess the uh, I guess MBS's uh, assassins have uh, gotten to Liam. <laughs> yeah, Liam is being sh Liam is being shipped to Jeddah in like sixty garbage bags. <laughs> oh, man. this isn't how I wanted to go out at all. <laughs> the like Trump yeah, thing about going out like Stan Chera, but it's going out like Adnan Khashoggi. Yes. There's a uh, Toby Keith wrote a song called The Angry American where he hang on, I'm gonna read you some lyrics of this fucking thing. Oh god. Oh, boy. Haven't we suffered enough? No. Damn it. It's actually called Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. The Angry American. Uh. Alright, I'm gonna read you just sub-lyrics. Now this nation I love has fallen under attack. 
A mighty sucker okay. punch came flying in some from somewhere in the back. Soon as we can see clearly through our big black eye, man, we light up Terrible. your world like the Fourth of July. Wait, hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist, and the eagle will fly, man. It's going to be hell when you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell. And it feels like the whole wide world is raining down on you, brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Justice will be served and the battle will rage. This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage. And you'll be sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A, because we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. That's not even the, it's, like, it's like, very, that's, like. It's so funny to and me. And here he is in Saudi Arabia. Like, and here he is in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. 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 It's singing about women and whiskey in a country whose uh, whose leaders are not very happy with the idea of either. Well, they like the whiskey, but like in private. Um, yeah, no, I don't know, man. Oh, this I, was I, an all-male audience, by the way. Of course. Of, of course, course it was. Yeah. Um, Sp- sponsored by Saudi Bin Laden Group. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want I want you to imagine the smell that is conjured up by the phrase "all male Toby Keith audience" in Saudi Arabia. So there's like extra sweat, you know? Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the robes keep oh you gosh. keep you dry, but they they keep you cool, but not that cool. Yeah, yeah. Are we yeah, done, are we done music, kicking Toby Keith around? Music's actually yeah. drowned out by one huge air conditioning unit behind the stage. <laughs> one of those floating right, ones was it Qatar said they were going to have for 2022? Oh, Alright, Roz, it's your oh, favorite song. Accidental oh, Racist. <laughs> right. LL Cool J's proudest moments. <laughs> Alright. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I have this in just as, oh God, like the relationship (laughs) between rap and country has sort of been blurred. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little later, but like how Nashville country has basically taken the most popular parts from music of the last 20 or so years, uh, made them white, and then, uh, you know, uh, basically stripped them of their identities. Yeah, so uh, same thing as Pat Boone, but like, you know, yeah, yeah. with R&B and I, with hip-hop. I beg of you to look up the lyrics to Accidental Racist. They are the funniest LL fucking cool thing. J, LL Cool J asks Brad Paisley for, like, uh, it, like not to, not to hate him for, like, sagging his pants, and also not to blame him for uh, Sherman turning the South into firewood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad Paisley, uh, at one point there's the line... If you don't judge my do rag, I won't judge your red flag. Talking about the stars and bars, incredible. Uh, they're, they're just trying to solve cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is the compromise that ended racism. Yes, yes this shit sucks. Uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, I I and I actually by and large like Brad Paisley, but like this song was fucking horrible. Like mm. I. I've listened to it front to back a couple times, and I can only make it like 15, 30 seconds before I start like dissolving of laughter. Uh, <laughs> I just like this song was released also like six years ago. Like this is not from the nineties. 
So they're talking about like, yeah, LL Cool J, who hadn't been relevant since the Clinton administration, and Mm -hmm. uh, and like talking about like like they there's a whole verse about reconstruction in here. Mm -hmm. It's just like. (laughs) It's so like it's so it's so funny that like first of all that it positions like hip hop as black people, country as white people. These are two immutable categories, but we're gonna get them together and we're gonna like resolve our grievances. And then like uh one half of the grievances are please stop murdering us, and the other half are like some whining about Sherman? Yeah. And like yeah. General Sherman, like William T. Sherman, like the you know that guy. Yes, because because, because he he fought the war that you started too successfully. And uh, and whining about Reconstruction Vault, mm-hmm. which is something that wasn't actually you know finished. No, <laughs> no, that was that was sort of a half-assed effort, and it never really came of anything. <laughs> Incredible work. I yes. yeah, well. Acc- accidental racist. Oh, also, <laughs> also the idea that like, yeah, no, racism is this thing that it, it can flow in both directions. Actually, you can be racist to white people um, by disrespecting the, the Confederate by talking flag. too loudly about General Sherman. By talking yeah. too loudly about General Sherman. <laughs> General Sherman was racist against white people, famously. Um, <laughs> God, if only. Yeah, mostly just racist against Native Americans, which makes yeah, it very, very awkward to do the sort of like uh, Sher- anti-Confederate is- thing where you're like, man, Sherman rocked, because then you read about what he did yep. after the Civil War, and you're like, oh, well, never mind. Yep. Well, you know, I mean, you win some, you lose some. Uh, uh, or in his case, you, you, you win some, you, you win some more some. Well, you I mean, really, winning, yeah. He loved winning wars. Um, he did. I will say he- that much for him. Yeah. Uh, who's th- who's this next guy? Who's the next uh, guy? This is Morgan Wallen. So Morgan Wallen is honestly, of the past twelve months, probably the biggest star in country. Uh, he is certainly probably the future of the genre, and he's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, and the original premise I had for this for this episode was to just have his face and then basically ask ourselves how we got here. So, mm. <laughs> back in, I believe, Nashville in February, Morgan Wallen was caught on tape dropping the N-word with the hard R. Mm. Uh, and good. Accidental d- racist. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. had, po- during COVID, he was caught uh, or found uh, partying maskless at the University of Alabama and making out with sorority girls, and this dude's like 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just kind of a scumbag. He refused to meet with the NAACP after he dropped the N word, and he has like he has had the best selling country album called Dangerous for the last like twelve weeks. Ugh. So like it has not affected him at all. And no, I definitely... wanted to ask ourselves how we got here that this piece of shit, who admittedly writes some bangers, is uh, <laughs> listen. Seven Summers, great song. Sand in My Boots, great song. Country Ass Shit, great song. Just terrible musician. Terrible, terrible, terrible human person. being. <laughs> I'm like, why, why, how is that like a guy dropping the N word and like being like that much of a piece of shit galvanizes a certain part of the country into being like, yes, this is the man. 
Yeah, to own the like, libs. Yeah, to own got, the libs, right? Because libs, everything yeah. now has to come back to owning the libs. And I wanted to talk about that at least a little bit that like, you know, the, oh, when Trump got elected, mm. uh, like Luke Bryan released a song that was uh, at least sort of bipartisan, uh, where he was like, I believe most people are good. And he includes the line, which is crazy for a Nashville country song. I believe you love who you love. And like, you couldn't have gotten away with that in like 2008. No. So like, that's sort of now, like that we were talking about now that like gay marriage is basically the law of the land and accepted. Now he can come out and say, of course he believes that. Mm. Uh, But country has not been unaffected by weird culture war bullshit. So I just wanted to have Morgan Wallen in here to be like, yeah, you can drop the hard R party maskless during COVID make out with sorority girls while you'll have a child at home. And uh, you can still be the number one selling uh, country musician by a <laughs> wide margin because everything is culture war bullshit. Now, only thing that could take him down is if he started criticizing George W. Bush. Yes. <laughs> right. A, right. A country song about how his paintings are shit. Yeah, but like now the fun thing is if you criticize George W. Bush, the people who are mad at you are liberals. This is great. (laughs) I love that shit so much. Makes me feel insane. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, Next slide, please. We have to talk about bros. Bros. Uh, Yeah. I have kind of a dated reference for the image for this one, but I, I, I wanted to do Big and Rich for this one, both because I remember listening to them in like 2007, 2008, but also uh, because I found one of the funniest uh, like Wikipedia phrases I've ever found in my life uh, about, like, um, about John Rich, one half of Big and Rich, right? Uh, on April 7, 2015, Rich's song Shutting Down Detroit was featured in Rand Paul's 2016 presidential campaign announcement. He later declared his support for presumptive nominee Donald Trump following Paul's exit from the race. Big and Rich would later perform a pre-inaugural ceremony after Trump's victory in the general election on, <laughs> on January 19, 2017. On May 30, 2019, he released Shut Up About Politics. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I love that so much of just like yeah I get, I get really into politics get owned and then shut up about politics. Well, in fairness, there is very little politics in American elections. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> if you're not familiar with uh, with Big and Rich, the big song was uh, uh, "Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy." Great song. Yeah, uh, it goes yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about how the genre has sort of devolved. Uh, mm. uh, I don't know if either of you listen to country all that often. Roz, you do, and I make you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. When, when when I'm on a when I'm on a road trip with uh, Mr. Anderson here, uh, we uh, actually only listen to rap and country. Um. <laughs> yeah, accidental racist back to back to back to back. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Blasting it out of the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Figured out a song that will offend everyone everywhere we go. 
<laughs> yeah, you just like my my Spotify playlist of like confusing bangers to annoy people, and it's like <laughs> accidental racist Serbian national anthem. <laughs> yes, let me get uh, let me get that hate America beat. <laughs> I uh, yeah, so bro, country is. I'm not. I didn't want to just copy the wiki wholesale, but the sort of genre of country that's that's seen the most radio airplay in the last 10 years, I'd say, uh, spearheaded by the duo Florida Georgia Line. So it incorporates like rap, it incorporates rock, it incorporates country. There's a lot of like, you know, the, this sort of stereotypical like, girl, get in my truck and give me a beer. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and like, this Please genre note, I am is... driving the truck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> driving the truck with the it's, beer. It's like, it's yeah. it's a bit of a salve if you if you've been listening to exclusively like God bless the troops to then have a country song that is about fun and about the idea of maybe having fun once but like right. they're all the same song is the problem right it's incredibly formulaic it's it's just that's what sells and you know Florida Georgia Line blew up with Cruz there's a song by Chase Rice called Ready Set Roll. Where he says something to the effect of "Get your little fine ass up, shimmy up inside," and it's like of his truck, of course. It's like, oh, of this course. sucks. Like, and it's <laughs> oh, super sexist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's super sexist. Uh, it's void of any material value. I mean, it's fun. Go- like, it's and, and there's nothing wrong with like fun, goofy music. It's when you sort of like want to position yourself as like the anthem of America's heartland and then you're just like tits and trucks and yeah, nothing and that's, of and that's nothing all of you do. So right. for instance, like like Johnny Cash, for instance, had nothing against either tits nor trucks, right? But like yes. he also wrote songs about things that were not those things from time to time to liven things up a bit. Now <sighs> yeah, uh, what it, talk about? Also, mm. there's backlash yeah, to this genre. Uh, there's a duo made of, I think they're sisters, Maddie and Tay, uh, and they have a song called Girl in a Country Song, which is like, from the perspective of, you know, like a girl in a country music video. And I wanted to talk about how, like, you know, people are like, oh, rap is like degenerate for like degenerate inner city blacks. And it's like, Mm. bro country is its mirror. And yet there's no fucking criticism of it. Except from no. like people who actually listen to country, no, no, nobody's like, "Oh, this this proves like uh, white people's inherent sexism." Except us, mm-hmm. yes. But I mean, there is a response to this, right? Which is uh, like women making country music, whether that is "Girl in the Country Song" or "Next Slide, Please." Oh boy, this is a goat. It's Dolly Parton. Um, Roz is Lee's got- favorite person. Okay, really? okay, listen. It, you, you, you gotta, gotta go off about there's, why there's she's like doing nu- local patronage. Okay, there's some nuance to this, but mm. what you should do is listen to any time I've been on the Trillbillies podcast. <laughs> I don't want to explain it now. Just because she's like the Muhammad bin Salman of like one county. Yes. Uh, the theme park is kind of weird um you know there's this massive cult of personality um some some of the charitable efforts are less charitable than they seem Mm -hmm. um 
like the 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 one where she gives out books. Um, uh, I forget what yeah, the copies of the Green Book by uh, Muammar Gaddafi. <laughs> I, the thing is, I'm not. I'm not like I, I use Dolly Parton here as an example of both the uh, like a positive and a negative, right? Like, uh, it, I think that like women in general make the best country music. Um, even if it's like the sort of the mirror of the bro country song, which is the uh, I'm crazy song. Like, you know, uh, uh, my, my man cheated on me, so I like broke all the windows out of his car. Uh, like, yeah, cut that's all the best part about women in country. Is that, yeah. like, I love that every, every uh, male country song is like, oh, look at this hot, fine girl I got in my truck. And then every uh, like Miranda Lambert song is just like, yeah, I found out my husband was cheating on me, so I lured him into his house, <laughs> drugged him, and then shot him in the face. Yeah, so, yeah it's like, I, bur- I buried my husband alive, because country girls make do. And it's like, this rules, right? Because like it, it, it's, it, it's carved out this space where, and again, I'm, I'm going to heavily emphasize where, where white... white. Womanhood and femininity can carry like agency and power, right? Well, uh, yeah, because when a white woman does like I don't know the cask of Amontillado in a country <laughs> song form, that's good. <laughs> yeah, because that 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 shows that she's like country she's, girls make do, Ross. Yeah, she yeah. she's she's from the heartland. She's a real American. Her daddy taught her how to shoot, and she doesn't take any shit. Uh, it's, it's, and she's it. not like some kind of like shrinking violet. Yes. Um, not even as a religious aspect, for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about, and the reason why I brought up Dolly Parton specifically, is that when a woman does it, right? When a woman makes country music, it is like it's permissible for them to notice that, hey, wait a second, we're dressing up in like rhinestone suits and shit. Uh, it's it's like you can actually acknowledge that there's some camp going on here, where you like absolutely could not like whether it was like guys in like nudie suits right would have it would have been fatal for them to ever have been like yeah i just i just dress like this and i look pretty you know uh but like dolly parton uh the mbs of like one small county can be like it costs a lot of money to look this cheap and though and then sort of as a consequence uh that's why that's why gays love her that's why the gays love her because it's like you you are able to like Sort of have this liberating thing of being like, oh, this is in fact actually it's it's camp. It's really camp. Uh, it's it's yes. all artifice. And I feel like there's a useful comparison here, right? Because when Dolly Parton is like, uh, a, there's a lot of country music that is that is camp. There's a lot of country music that's affected. There's a lot of it that's superficial, and that's fun, and I enjoy playing with it, right? She she's like uh, Hall of Fame, right? So. What happens when somebody who, for mysterious reasons unknown to us, does the same thing and is not treated like Dolly Parton? Next slide, please. Hmm. Hmm. Mysterious. Hmm. Re- it's Lonas X. Yes. I just want to say before we get, uh, uh, before too far into it, if Florida Georgia line is country, my boy Lonas <laughs> X is country. Yes. But the, the Billboard did not think so, right? Uh, no, Billboard, uh, basically, the reason Lil Nas X was controversial, at least to uh, uh, some people, was that basically 
Lil Nas X submitted uh, his breakout song, Old Town Road, to the country charts for Billboard. And Billboard said, you know, it, it skyrocketed. And then Billboard said, no, well, it's actually not a country song. Uh, even though it clearly is. It's clearly, mm-hmm. like, given what the let is, like, if Florida Georgia Line is country, Lil Nas X is country. It is clearly a country song. It has the beat. It has the subject matter. Clearly a country song. Uh, removed and then put back. And there's been a huge backlash to Lil Nas X. There's this uh, Blake Shelton song with, uh, I fucking forget who, but he he's, uh, there's a line where it's like, took off the old town, put on a little Hank Jr. And the other person says, thank God. And it's like, this guy's <sighs> the future of the genre. Shut the fuck up. Like, and it's just, it's just so fucking racist, dude. It's just like, you can't let a black kid have fun with your genre because it has to be for white dudes in their 40s. And it's yes. so fucking obvious. It was, uh, I was sitting on my back porch a while back, um, and uh, I heard Old Town Road coming down the street, but also the clop of hooves, and there was just this, this like, teenager, this, like, black teenager riding a horse down the street, just blasting Old Town Road. That's the like, coolest thing I've this ever is heard. The, that's the future of country music right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like country again has has borrowed from rap. Rap uh has borrowed, you know, at least to an extent from country, but you know, this is what I was talking about about gatekeeping and how Nashville as sort of the country music capital gatekeeps the genre to keep people like Lil Nas X out to keep gay country sort of away. And it's just, you know, based on what gets what they think will do well with the audience that they think are morons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're also getting like mercifully outwitted is the thing, because all of these yes. guys are like the the most divorced people in the world and they don't <laughs> know how to use they don't know how to open PDF. Yes. And so Lil Nas X can like use Twitter because he's fucking like outrageously young. Uh, and so he, he he can just like you know post the song it gets like fifty million retweets. He's fucking uh, and, he is fucking funny, dude. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Funny. He does good tweets, and, yeah. and none of these guys know what to do with it, which is uh, you know it's it's delightful to me. Um, and uh, you know I I, I wish uh, I wish him every success, and I hope that no uh, you know no weapon raised against him prospers or whatever. Um, I also want to talk about while we're talking about gay country, uh, I want to talk about Orville Peck. Uh, this is oh, like hard as hell, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like genuinely, or- Orville Peck makes fantastic country songs. They're more like, I suppose, more trad in the form. But like, uh, there's a lot of Hank Williams Jr. for instance in there. But also, uh, it's like where uh, where sort of where Dolly Parton and where Lil Nas X are like, oh, this this you know this rhinestone shit is like confected and gay. Uh, Orville Peck is like, hey, wait a second! All of this like muddy denim, like uh, masculinity shit. That's also confected and gay. Yes. Um, and there's a reason why all of these guys look like fucking like Tom of Finland, like uh, Robert Mapplethorpe, you know. And like that, this stuff goes in in both directions. And this sort of masculinity, you can kind of like you can claim and reclaim it and fight over it. And I think that's really really compelling. 
And that's part of the reason why uh, I like his music. And the other one is that he writes bangers. So Orville Pack, next slide, please. Uh, right. We've talked about uh. we've, we've talked about too many good musicians in a row. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> boyfriend country. Oh boy! This, this hey, girl, get of, in my truck, but nicely. Yeah, yes. this is a mini back. I I've always viewed this as a mini backlash to bro country, where mm. uh, there's where there's this sort of like oh god, there's some songs out here that like this is like if third wave feminism drank Coors Light for six weeks and then like beer bong before workout. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so this is th- th- these of, guys like, that we have girls, on... like hmm. yeah and you know oh like there's a song by get who it's by it's just called female and there's oh i think that's actually brad paisley and there's one called like take a drunk girl home and it's like definitely don't rape her but like just put her to bed yeah and I'm like, you huh. needed to write a fucking song about that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for like uh, jerking yourself off about what a nice guy you are. Yes, and like, and it th- really th- is. Th- yes. Yeah. The, the, these, guys, these guys on the slide are uh, Dan and Shay. And it's, yeah, it's, it's Shay. the and. It's Dan. plus. It's the goddamn plus sign. Wow. To be fair, tequila by Shay. them. Great song. It's, it's soft boy shit. It's soft boy shit. And it's very disingenuous because, like, in the same way that nice white liberal men like can't possibly be sexist or transphobic or homophobic, mm. this is the the country equivalent of that. Actually, inspired by a similar duo with a plus sign, which is uh, licenses plus inspections. <laughs> um, yeah. That well, you tried, Ross. I appreciated that, Justin. Yeah, no, I was going to get an L and I. I had to get the L and I joke in. <laughs> I, I I liked it. <laughs> yeah this is this is this is soft boy shit and mm. it like oh okay, it's it's uh, a lot of it is what i would call unlistenable mm. uh i like that you put sensitive sensitive instagram bullshit in here it is since it is sensitive instagram bullshit it's like you you, you know what it's like it's uh it's like the instagram post that fuck was it like billy ray cyrus or somebody did like posting it was like it was a photo of himself looking all meditative and like uh contemplative and beardy being like much yes. to think about that's that's the vibe here it's like it's that and it's the neve shulman post that's like this elevator is abuse free uh, you know, it's like it just like it's jerking yourself off about what a, what a good guy you are. Uh, which is really funny that like, uh, uh, oh god, both a lot of good and bad country music is about being a piece of shit. Yes, right. Like a lot of there's a lot of bro country about being an absolute uh, piece of shit to everyone around you. There's a lot of great country music about being a piece of shit to everyone around you. Uh, but I can't think of good country music that's about being like nice. You know. No, it's not a genre that lends itself to that very well. No, uh, it's it, it's the, very confrontational. Is the thing right? And as it should be, it is subtly about being a piece of shit, but uh, in sort of a passive aggressive way, which is not funny or interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah listen, well, listen, listening to listening to like boyfriend country feels like finding a note from your roommate about <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be an asshole, but like, could you maybe not do this thing? Yes, that you're doing. No, it's very it. like it's 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 
doing the bare minimum as a genre. Yeah. And it's incredibly frustrating to listen to. Mm. Uh, I will say Tequila by Dan and Shay uh, on the bangers list. Uh, next slide, please. <laughs> list of controversial bangers. That we need to talk about bro country culture outside of the music. Yeah. Yeah. Culture is downstream, culture is of, downstream music. of music. So th- you know, this we is- have bro dozers in here, but like, I I think we should talk about how everything now is just culture war bullshit. This is true. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is this is the Duck Dynasty guys. Um, yeah, all of these all of these guys are making like uh, vast amounts yes. of money. Um, they're they're real Americans. Um, I remember yes. there's a photo of them like from six or seven years ago before they became the Duck Dynasty guys, and they're all like wearing like um, you know. They looked like Dan they, and they, Shay. Yeah, it, was, it was more like they were all wearing like uh, um, um, light colored polos and shorts and they were about to go golfing <laughs> um, and they didn't have the beards. They were all clean shaven. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like the kind of thing that inspires you to like wear a lot of real yeah. tree in your like McMansion. Yes. Um, like, a real tree nothing. Carhartt hoodie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing, 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 nothing against, against real tree, tree but the, it, 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 it is, it is a certain marker if you wear it, and also you transparently like do not you ever get the hunt. bush in the camo cans. Um, yeah. Mm. Oh, I love the camo I, cans. I actually, kind of like those too. I, I, yeah, you, you get like your um, whatever your preferred sports team is, you get their troop hat or jersey, the, the, the one that's like a salute to our troops overseas, and it comes in a little like multi cam yes. thing. It's it's either that or it's all gray. It's all black and gray. Yeah, yeah. You wear some Oakleys, which, mm-hmm. in fairness, are actually very good. Um, <laughs> this is the issue. We're going to criticize a lot of this, and but we also do a lot of this. <laughs> yeah, it's called hypocrisy, and you yeah. should get into it because it's very as effective. I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you you drink like sort of like uh, terrible beer, but like terrible in a different way from like uh, the terrible beer that we drink. Uh, yes, you, you, you wear a lot of camouflage as like an affectation. Rolling coal, like, yeah. rolling you, you wear it differently one. than the camouflage that I wear as affectation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you drive an uneconomical car, but you drive it in a different way than the way that Liam does. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ninety-three octane, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, cor- the correct the correct answer is you wear Oakleys because they're they're, they're good. You wear like uh, Belgian camouflage, Belgian jigsaw camouflage instead of real tree, and you drive a GCI Golf instead of uh, an F one fifty. That is the that's the way. Yeah, I, own, I that is the way. Thank you. You own a lot of Americana, but it's the different. It's different from the Americana I own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you. You dip, but you dip skull because you're a cop. Yeah. <laughs> only skull, only cops dip skull. I think an iconic part of bro country culture is the big brodozer pickup truck. Mm. Um, now, wh- one thing I, I thought was uh, fun to compare this to, this, this is a relatively recent F-150 Super Duty without a lift or anything on it. Yep. Right, It's got dualies in the back. Um, this is the original Bigfoot monster truck. Um, they're not too far off in size now. 
especially no. when you put the lift on the F one fifty. And uh, like the other the other thing that's cr- I mean that's the other crazy. thing we should talk about is that even with like uh, a truly astounding level of personal debt, like these are so fucking expensive that they're yes. like they're an upper middle class affectation. Uh, it's not like the, the difference between like uh, okay, like if you if you're if you're you know working class, if you're if you're poor, even you could you can afford potentially if you save up, if you really like them, you can afford Oakleys, right? You can definitely afford yeah. Realtree. You cannot afford an F one fifty. Uh, yes. you, are, you are driving a Toyota well, Tacoma, and you're about to lose one of the wheels off of it. Yes, you're driving. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna drive. Maybe you can get like an old S ten or something. You know. Yeah. Uh, Th- this is purely for like uh, people with too much money. It 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 it's uh, it it signals. You know, it really what it signals is that you're a general contractor. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, these trucks go up to like in the King Ranch variants, uh, at least for Ford, seventy, eighty thousand dollars. You know, with the light bars and shit. Like, if you see someone driving this truck, they are either paying for a truck far beyond their means, which is possible, mm-hmm. or they're just a contractor. Yeah. Clean too, possibly both. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's always a pavement yeah. princess. It's always a goddamn pavement <laughs> princess. <laughs> The pickup trucks have definitely gotten bigger uh, recently. Um, you know, pickup trucks and SUVs, and they become more popular. And of course, the fun thing is, you know, these these things have to get bigger so they can withstand impacts from other large vehicles because everything's <laughs> getting bigger. Yeah, if, process, if you're still driving the Tacoma, you're getting killed by one of these. Exactly. You you could just you you could just run right over like a I don't know a a, a BMW like E30 from the 90s. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> You could climb over a yeah. Saab 900, um, but uh, you know the the other uh, aspect of this is, of course, some um, you know they mulch pedestrians, right? Mm. You can't even see them, you know. No, and you're not you're, going over the hood of that. No. Yeah, exactly. You're going right underneath, no. um, and especially since again these trucks are bought by contractors. Guess where they have to drive them? The city. <laughs> <laughs> and the city is where the pedestrians are. Yeah, and I mean, this is this is like even before you've added the fucking aftermarket bull bars and shit that everybody puts on these. Yeah, you put some tint on the windows. Uh-huh, I can't see illegal. out of them. Yeah, yeah, you can't see out of them. Uh, maybe you do. You do all kinds of just, just you. I'm begging you people to do your lifts correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and meanwhile you are blasting Chase Rice and just mulching infants beneath you. Yes. Yeah. Just uh, uh oh, another certified banger. Uh look at my truck by mm-hmm. Chase Rice. <laughs> my truck. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most fun yeah. I've ever had recording a bonus, I think. Besides well, that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, anyway, we're we're you know, we're in this uh we're in this situation where you know a lot of these vehicles being sold today um, are uh, you know they, they they're less safe than they used to be. They um, they get bad gas mileage because they're so big, mm-hmm. um, and the market pressure is to make them bigger, not smaller. Um, and you can't buy a nice small pickup. You cannot anymore. buy a small pickup anymore. Although Ford Ford has introduced the Maverick, so we'll see. 
and you have like uh they want to they want to do the electric f-150 now and they're trying to figure out how to market that as yeah. a manly vehicle <laughs> along with the Oh, by putting by making it a yeah, generator. It's, it's yeah. not an electric car. We don't make electric cars. We make American e muscle. Uh, that was yes. Dodge's thing, I think. Uh, also, uh, the electric Hummer that's coming out, oh, which God. weighs something like, which is one hundred twenty thousand. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, it weighs like uh, four or five tons. I think <laughs> you're get you're getting into the range nice. where there's serious concerns about the structural integrity of parking garages. If you have too many of those vehicles in there. <laughs> Maverick also looks like shit, in my humble yeah. opinion. Yeah, get a Toyota. It's the o- it's the only thing you can afford, uh, and yes. also it, it like breaks way less. The only downside is that if you sell it, you may see your company logo um, uh, in Syria. Yes. Being driven around by no, by, no Ford is no Ford no, is no, no. ISIS. ISIS are rejecting these out of hand. Uh, imagine, imagine fucking like blasting through the desert in one of these. The last five minutes. Yeah. Got a Hilux. Speaking of which, uh, we have a slide on NASCAR. We do. We uh, do. Again, an episode. In and of itself, unto itself, itself, I think. Yes, itself. But I just wanted to talk about. Oh, Wu Pig. Hi, uh, friend of the show, Katie. Uh, Sorry, this is your idiot school, Wu Pig, buddy. Yeah, I think NASCAR is an episode. So here's a little preview of an episode. Uh, It evolved from bootleggers running from cops, whatever the fuck this shit is. And it fucking sucks. Yeah, but it fucking sucks for a lot of the same reasons that country music does. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge reactionary America, yeah, nationalistic Mm -hmm. bullshit. Mm -hmm. So, what can we say about country music other than that, like, uh, white supremacy has made uh, good union songs about killing capitalists into annoying songs about trucks? You can still find good country music if you yeah. know where to look. Uh, Tyler Childers, Chris Stapleton, uh, there's a bunch of others, but Tyler Childers is one of my favorite artists right now. Uh, he comes from Pike County, Kentucky. Uh, he has a song called uh, Nose to the Grindstone, which I think is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever listened to. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's incredibly beautiful. Please go yeah. listen to it. You can still uh, go listen to the old stuff. You can go listen to Utah yes. Phillips right yeah. now, and you should. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, you can listen to Johnny Cash still. Um, yes. If it, you should listen to Merle Haggard or my or to make mm-hmm, my dad happy. Yeah. Merle Haggard's number one banger: "I Kiss My Sweetie with My Fist." <laughs> <laughs> or just, I mean, like, li- listen, listen to whatever you want. Like, I still think that, like, uh, Louisiana Woman, Mississippi Man is a banger, right? But like, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just try, like, listen to it with some sort of like uh, critical awareness. I guess is what I'm asking from you, uh, uh, because yeah. the country music industry is 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 a disaster. Um, and yes. a, is is a yeah, is a force for like, evil. Black rifle adjacent yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything is about, um, you know, um, God, um, trucks, um, and America. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, should does, also talk about yeah. the like difficulty of being a leftist who likes stuff that has been like suborned by the right so much. Like if you like if you like you know country music, if you like guns, if you uh, like guns, yeah, yeah. This absolutely is a thing where you have to be like, ah, everybody else in my hobby uh, appears to be a chud. I am gonna have to like organize and and find some some non chud friends who also like this because it's not fair that these guys get a monopoly on the cool stuff that I like. Yes. So you should do that. Yes, do that. Uh, go go Red buy National. a gun. Go, go buy, buy a gun, buy a gun, buy a yeah. gun, and listen to country music. That that is um, <laughs> yeah. that is what that that is your job after you finish listening yeah. to this podcast. Oh, you also uh, buy a tin of Copenhagen wintergreen, <laughs> and if you want to share, you can send it to us at. <laughs> um, all right, we made well, horseshoe theory real in the course yes. of one episode. <laughs> exactly. Good yeah, job, guys. Right. Pleasure to do it. All right, I yep. have to put that was, we're, we're, we're done. We're done. This is the bonus what? episode to count country music. Yeah. Exactly. What, what's the next one right. on? Bye, everybody. Uh, uh, I started writing museum if you want yeah, that. Yeah, let's do museum. Yeah. Okay. I'll do I'll do a museum one. I'll, I'll do that we one. Got, we got we got I I'm I'm gonna start writing right. a geoengineering right. one soon. Dirt science. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dirt science. All right. So thanks for yes, listening, thank guys. You. Uh oh! Listen to Kill yeah, James Bond. Listen to uh, Lions Led by Donkeys. Go watch. Do not even know what's coming out. Uh, please don't mail us right. anthrax. Bye, All right, bye. bye. Thanks. Cold, fallen, and hungry. I have to poop so bad, dude. Yeah, there are okay. lots of things you lack. <laughs>